Welcome. This is another episode of the True North Nutrition Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest. He is a friend and a fellow coach and a former uh, battle buddy at my old National Guard unit. His name is Tom Slayton. He's an excellent coach out of uh, Madison area in Wisconsin. And we had a great conversation just about the simple steps that you can take today to start getting on the right track and just start making some amazing progress with your life, with your nutrition, with your training. Without further ado, let's get in. All right, y'all. Today, I have a great guest. He's he's a good friend of mine. I met Tom in the Wisconsin National Guard, and there we were together at a unit. We were both leaders in that unit, and uh, it didn't take us very long before we just started talking about fitness and really started rapping every time that we saw each other about we were both really big into CrossFit at that time. So of course that was like our main topic and uh, we still like to talk about it a lot now, but uh, the conversation definitely steers more towards the depths of fitness, which go more into nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, uh, and of course, how we decide to coach our athletes in that way. So Tom is super, super knowledgeable. He comes again from that CrossFit space. He's got a heavy military background and now he is the owner of his own gym. And Tom, I'd just like to welcome you on the show, man. And anything else you want to add to your intro? No. Um, yeah. Thanks, Joe, for having me. I'm excited to uh, be a part of this. Um, and it's always it's always a pleasure to chat with people like minded and uh, share knowledge and um, just kind of jam on you know some stuff in the in you know uh, the industry and fitness and health and just life really. And, really. and um, like you said, I really like how you said you know we were very uh, CrossFit heavy and our minds were both in, at one point very uh, competitive and like trying to compete in the sport of CrossFit. And then I think uh, a couple years in, you know, into it, you start to kind of realize that the, the competitive side is not necessarily there anymore or the realistic idea of when kind of CrossFit shifts from having a regionals to no longer having regionals for people to be like, yeah, I'm not going to make the cut anymore to really, you know, and then as we age transitioning to understanding the benefits of just fitness for longevity and not necessarily for competitive um, competitiveness. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah, I, I think it's funny that you bring that up too, because I feel like probably about the time that you and I both got into it, it was that big, like, rich froning, like, gleam in your eye type era where you're like, yeah, I'm training for regionals. It's not even always like the games. Is that what you feel like how, how it felt for you getting into the competitive side of the sport? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think, you know, I think a lot of people, when you first, uh, when you find first fighting CrossFit, you, they call it drinking the juice, right? Where you, you drink the Kool-Aid, right? You, you get super excited. And like when me and you both found CrossFit, I found CrossFit in 2009. And um, that was kind of like when the CrossFit games and, and competing was like getting really ramping up and getting really, really where like CrossFit, it was even steering that way where all their, you know, um, their focus, their marketing, their website, their, 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 you, you know, everything was kind of geared towards the competitive athlete and getting people to compete and try to make it to regionals. And, and that was, you know, for that was, got, it was exciting for me, right. It was, you know, growing up playing sports and um, being competitive in nature. It just gave me something once you, once I got out of high school, I didn't play collegiate sports. And so CrossFit was like that thing that now I can compete in again, cause I'm not playing collegiate sports and on now it was even after college years. And so um, yeah, it was really, really cool to try to compete and push your limits. And it was very, um, it was fun to do. And then um, I think as you, as you, as CrossFit kind of morphed and grew and changed and um, you really start to realize how hard and in every year of CrossFit as it advanced, the people that made it had to train more and more and more. And it just gets to a point where like, if you have a full-time job and you have other other goals or military duty and stuff like that, you just can't dedicate the time to training as much anymore to make it to regionals. And, and then CrossFit gets rid of regionals or they say it's not long, no longer top 60 in the, in the region that make it to the regionals. It's now top 20. And so it really starts to slim the field. And then you really start to have those, like those ideas, like, all right, you know, I need to be real with myself. Like I, I'm not at that level um, to make it at that, you know, or I don't necessarily have the capabilities of training that long or hard to get there. And so it was, um, it was definitely like kind of like a, a transition to where it's like, okay, now I'm just going to do this more for the fun of it and for fitness and longevity, not long, no, you know, long, no longer for competing. Yeah. I think that's a great sort of like, explanation of the evolution especially for most people like you and me who came out of that that competitive scene right and 
uh, it's definitely more of a fun thing. I think one of the biggest things I learned from CrossFit now is, um, you know, for anyone listening to this, I, and I'd love to hear what you think too, Tom is I don't, I don't bash CrossFit by any means. And I don't think that it's a, um, I, I coached CrossFit full time for, for many years and I don't, I don't bash it as ineffective by any means, but it, it's literally the whole goal is non-specificity, right? Is like general skills. And so a lot of times, like for me in the nutrition industry, and, and I'd like to hear your input on this as well Is how does that mix with people who have specific goals of like that, that are more specifically fat loss and body composition? Do you think it matches with CrossFit? Is there a better way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think with CrossFit and, uh, and I've been trying to explain this to a lot of people as well, and, and especially people that I know have um, come from the CrossFit background or were CrossFitters for four or five years, and now are kind of in this, like, because of COVID, they, they had to stop going to CrossFit because they couldn't go to the gym or their gym was shut down. And now they're, they're in this area of like flux where they're like, I can't CrossFit and I don't know, like, I feel like I'm losing all my, all my results and I'm losing all my strength. I'm losing all my conditioning. And, and I, in a way, I think CrossFit, CrossFit has Jedi mind tricked people into thinking that the only way you're going to get results or the only way that you can be strong or fit or have a certain aesthetic is you have to CrossFit. You have to do 21-15-9. You have to like go balls to the wall and feel like you're going to vomit after every workout in order to see results. And that's just not the case. Like there are so many people that when they have this mindset that CrossFit is the only way they can ever see results because that's where they started and that's what got them their, their initial results. They almost come, they almost become married to CrossFit and they forget that there are other ways of training besides CrossFit that can get you your aesthetic can get you stronger, get you healthier and lead to longevity in life to what, where your goals have now transformed. If you're a dad and you have four kids, a wife and a full-time job, you know, like you could still be as fit as you ever wanted to be. And it doesn't have to look like an hour at the gym. It could be 30 minutes in your basement or a set of dumbbells in your garage. And you could still live a life of like complete, you know, um, health and wellness and growing old with your kids and going hiking and, and doing stuff like that. And, um, so I think it's like, people need to understand that like CrossFit's great and have fun. And I still do CrossFit style workouts myself, it, it, but it doesn't have to be the always or every time you work out. So what do you say to the person that wants to just like get flattened by a workout? Cause like, I'm sure that this is your experience too, is people will just straight up tell me like, I just want to get my ass kicked by this workout. I want to be laying on the floor after the workout. Mm-hmm. So how do you explain yeah, that to people? people like, yeah. Yeah. I just ask me though, does that align with your goals? Like, you know, like what are your, like a lot of people I think work out and they think a lot of people work out and I don't think a lot of people actually know what, why they're working out. You know, they don't understand the underlying why or what their, what their goals are. And, you know, and not saying that you necessarily have to have, you know, there are some people that just love to go and work out and they don't necessarily have any sort of goal on what it comes to aesthetics or what they want to look like a certain number on the scale, how much they want to deadlift or power clean or bench press or bicep curl or anything. They just like to know that I got 60 minutes movement in and I go home and just live my life. And that's awesome, right? That's, that's great. And there's a lot of people that um, that takes a lot of stress away from them, not necessarily having any specific goal to shoot for besides, I just know I need to get my movement in. Um, and if that's that person and they want to get flattened by a workout, awesome. That's really easy to do. And like, um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, really coming down to, and then that's not most people, most people do have goals. They do have specific things they want to accomplish. And I think that's just for having a conversation and that is having a conversation with them as a coach and, um, or an athlete, if you're that person reaching out to a coach and having a conversation with somebody is really figuring out, you know, what your whys and your goals are and what working out needs to look like in order for you to achieve your goals and do it in a, in a way that is sustainable to your life and is going to benefit your life and not detriment it by either taking too much time away from your day because the, your goals are now, like a lot of people, like they might have a crazy goal and they realize like if they talk to a coach, that's going to take two hours a day to get, you know, that's how much training they're going to have to do in order to get that goal. And now you tell that to somebody and now they're like, yeah, time, you know what? Never mind. I'm good. Like, you know, and I, like an example I use a lot is I had a client, a couple of clients uh, come to me in a, in a training session. They're like, Tom, you know, we both want to get a six pack and uh, we've never, we've never had six packs in my entire life. We both just want one. And um, I just kind of laughed. And um, because I knew 
in my head, I know how much work it takes and everything, the, all the underlying things it takes to actually have a six pack. And I just knew in my head, like these, these people are not going to want to do it once I lay out the foundation. So I started explaining to them, like, all right, like, if this is what you guys want, here's X, Y, and Z of what you're going to have to do and understanding like a certain body fat percentage you need to get down to and what that's going to look like. And then they, they just looked at me and they go, yeah, I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. so that's not really your goal anymore. And so I, that's why I think getting really clear on what your goals are is really important into what your, your journey needs to look like. And I think a lot of people will get really clear with that. And it really helps them understand that like, wow, I don't need to work out every single day for an hour and a half. Like I could cut that down in half, still reach my goals and now buy all that time to be a better dad, a husband, you know, and to be able to like dedicate more time to things they enjoy outside of fitness. Yeah. I think it's almost like, and sometimes what I, what I feel like happens with people too. And, and, and I include myself in this with, with people is that like you get used to working out for 90 minutes a day, or even, you know, I mean, at one point it was three, four hours a day, but you know, you get used to 90 minutes and then you're like, well, no, I like to work out for this long. And then they kind of meet that confusion where it's like, Oh, do I really want to work out for that long? Like I could really use 45 minutes to, you know, like you said, do anything else. And really that just getting across the point that, you can get results with 45 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Now in that, I want to dive into that just a little bit more because I heard you say it a couple of times and I know, and I would venture to guess that this is probably a lot of your clientele too, that you're seeing in the gym is that that 30 to 60 minutes, three to four times a week. Does that sound about right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're a lot of our clients are two to three times a week um, and their, their sessions are 30 minute personal training sessions. And then we're also, you know, you're developing habits outside of the gym. Right. And I think that's, that's the really, that's the kicker for a lot of people is um, you, a lot of times when people first dive into the fitness and they want to, they want to lose weight or they need to get healthy or whatever. They, they think that fitness is the end all be all. They think the workout is the ticket to their success and the weightlifting, the working out. And I had like a a very like interesting conversation with a new client that I just started um, in the gym and I asked them, you know, it was just right at the new year. And I go, Hey man, you know, what's, what's your goals? Like, you know, do you do, do you do any goal setting and, and reflection at the end of the year? And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, my goals, obviously we talked about this. I want to lose weight and I want to just get back into feeling good and confident about myself and da, 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 da. He goes, so I made my goal is to work out three times a week. And I said, awesome. But do you know that what your current goal, what you told me was 50 pounds of weight loss and all that stuff that like the workout, I don't want you to think that working out three times a week is going to get you to your goal. And as soon as I said that, his face just went (laughs) serious. Like I just made that my goal to work out three times a week. And now you're telling me that goal isn't going to get me to my 50 pounds of weight loss. And I was like, absolutely. I go, well, working out, I want people to start to understand and start to realize that the workout itself, the fitness, the, the, in the gym time, there are so many more benefits to working out in the gym and, and, and working out than necessarily weight loss. I would put weight loss down the list of the benefits that come from going to the gym and working out. There are so many cardiovascular health, heart health, muscular, mobility, flexibility, stress management. There are so many more things that are way more important of why I want people to exercise besides weight loss. And I was like, you know, I told this client, I go, you know, so 50 pounds of weight loss is your goal. We need to now start really thinking about what are you doing outside the gym on a day-to-day basis that you need to make sure you're focusing on your daily habits that are, that are way more important to you reaching your goal. And, um, and it's really helped change his mindset because he really thought joining the gym and just being like, oh, I'm working out now three times a week with a personal trainer. I'm going to get these awesome goals or I'm going to get these awesome results. And that's just not the case. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I hear that a lot. And one of the ways that I... Uh, what I see about people is that they like to, for example, you know, with nutrition is do macros. Right. And so like, yeah, you ask them, yeah, okay. Have you you know, practiced? Have you done any dieting, anything like that? And they're like, yeah, I do macros. And it's like, okay, <laughs> what, what does that mean? You know, cause yeah. there's one thing to like know a set of macro numbers and then there's uh, like people just get it boiled down to just having macro numbers is a diet. And Mm-hmm. I don't want to steer people away from understanding what it is that they should be eating in terms of macronutrients, but I do want to encourage everyone to dive into what that actually means and that it, and that it does require change time to time, depending on where you are. 
uh, in terms of like your fitness journey. But I want to go back to the example of the guy that you talked about. Now he's working out with you three times a week and you're talking about daily habits with him. Where do you start with that guy? Like what's, you know, like use that example, but where do you like to start mm -hmm. with people in terms of daily habits? Yeah. So like when it comes to daily habits, I like to um, start off with, you know, the basics, right? And a lot of people think that fitness, they need to go like, it's kind of like the all or nothing or like they kind of like to jump from, I like to use this example, like they're starting at a kindergarten level, but they like to jump right to a sixth grade level right away and try to do everything that like a sixth grader would be doing that a kindergarten, kindergartner shouldn't even be doing, right? And so they try to like go from nothing to like trying to do everything or trying to jump to very complex things right away. And, um, or when it comes to like, hey, Tom, should I take supplements? And I'm like, well, pump the brakes. Are you doing these five things? And they're like, well, what are those five things? And I go, are you drinking half your body weight in food ounces of water? Are you, um, are you, prioritizing sleep are you getting seven plus hours of sleep a day are you eating you know are you eating three meals a day like just keeping it simple not even diving into like what those meals consist of are you just eating consistently um are you um getting in ten thousand steps are you moving your body like without and I'm not talking about burpees and deadlifts i'm just talking about walking you know um and then i always like to, to throw in are you like we call it your, like your, um, you know, in other places I've referenced it this way too, is like your daily anchor. And, and this is like something that you do in your day that brings you joy that has nothing to do with fitness, you know? And so for some people that's reading a book that might be drinking a cup of coffee in the morning in complete silence, that might be going for a walk and listen to one of your like most favorite podcasts, like that just makes you laugh. and just makes you feel good. And, um, and it's amazing how, like, there's a lot of things, times where I talk about this daily anchor where, there's a lot of times where we're like in our daily lives, we do a lot for a lot of other people. We don't do a lot for ourselves. Like work comes to calling and you're answering emails for everybody else. And your, your, your uh, sibling calls you with some issues they're dealing with and you're trying to help them out or your significant other or your kid's homework. And you're always giving, but you're never, ever giving back to yourself. And, and it's amazing how like prioritizing yourself can really lead to you like finding that better mental mind space and really, um, and that that's another whole nother topic is like mental the the mindset around are you ready like the mindset around actually seeing results and that's a, a whole nother topic to dive into is mindset and so i always say like are if you're not prioritizing those five things you know body weight are you, are you getting half your body weight in full ounces of water are you getting three meals a day are you getting ten thousand steps are you getting seven plus hours of sleep and are you doing a daily anchor if you're not doing any of those yet I don't even want to talk about macronutrients. I don't even want to talk about caloric intake. I don't even want to talk about supplementation because you're not ready for that because you're not doing the simple daily things first, right? It's just like that Navy SEAL who wrote that book, like make your bed, right? I can't remember the exact title, but like, do you make your bed in the morning? Like if you can't do the simple things in life, like the first thing you do is wake your bed in the morning. If you can't do the simple task in life, how are you expecting yourself to do something very complex? And um, I think there's so much to like, that's where we start with those daily habits until you can prove to me that you can do those daily habits on a consistent basis. Like we're not going to get into the weeds because you're, you're, you're not prioritizing the stuff that's important first, the simple stuff. It's like, um, I heard an example on another podcast where they kind of um, were talking about if it's, we need to start easy because um, if you say, for instance, like a client comes to me and says, Tom, you know, here's what I really like to do when I work out. Cause I'll ask people like, what have you done in the past that you really enjoyed and you liked? And they're like, Oh wow. Like no one's ever asked me that before. Like I really like doing X, Y, and Z. And, and I'm like, so what don't you like to do? And they're like, Oh, I hate burpees. I hate running. And I'm like, awesome. Fantastic. So I'm like, do you think like, would you be successful if I told you that every day you came to the gym, we were going to run and do burpees? And I'm like, would you enjoy that? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, so would that be something that you're going to stick with? And they're probably like, no, because it's hard and they don't like it. So I'm like, but I, you tell people like, do you think you could be fit without running and doing burpees? Absolutely. Like you can be fit without ever doing a burpee in your life. You could be fit without necessarily ever running. Are those things essential? And should everybody be able to do them to a certain capacity? Absolutely. Are we still going to train running and burpees? Absolutely. But it's not going to be the, 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 the mainstay of your program. I'll have you do them every once in a while. I'm not going to make you do 150 in a row. I'm not going to make you run a 5K, but we are going to do them. But I'm going to do it in a way that you're going to actually enjoy it. And you're going to see the benefits of it and everything else. Like we're going to get you fit by doing it. So it's like you got to find the things that are easy in life, the things that you know that you could do no matter what, 
when it comes to health and fitness, because those are things you're going to stay consistent with. And we all know that consistency is key. And that when you stay consistent and let this magical thing called time actually work and do its, and do its, you know, do its trick, like it's going to lead to results. And I always tell people, I guarantee if you're doing those five things that I reference, like, and you're getting those 10,000 steps, you will see weight loss and you will see results. Um, it's not a quick fix, but it will get you going in the right direction. Yeah. And I think the, the big, big point within, within that too, to like that was, that was like a gold mine of all things that people should take away and into what they do is like, first off, I, I use that with nutrition all the time. Okay. 80% of the foods you should like, and they're good for you. 10% of the foods. Okay. Maybe they're a little bit more for your health, but you're still doing it because you know that it's going to get you to a goal. And then 10%, Hey, you got to fill the rest of those calories up. And, um, it could be, it, it doesn't have to be a perfect meal in that, that 10%. I like love and hate the percentages because you can look at, you can look at it and then it's like, okay, well, this is what I can get out of it. But really you just kind of need to start with that. Here's what's good for me. But what I wanted to say about that, the explanation that you put in for daily habits and healthy habits for people too, is that want versus need. Because when you come in looking for that sixth grader experience, and then you're kind of being told to dial it back, it's, that's hard for people to hear. Right. But it's also uh, connecting it to that, that Navy SEAL like philosophy, the guy that you were talking about in uh, making your bed in the morning. So putting that together is, okay, we want to start with these because we know you can do them and it's going to help you build that confidence too. And what you really need to do is develop a rhythm in this because even if you, even if you do those five things and they're not in a rhythm, like, because here's the challenge, right? You go out, you do 10 K steps. If you do it all in one shot and you do that on Monday and then you have no plan for the rest of the week, look, we got some work to do there. You know, it might take going six K in a couple of different, a couple days in a row split up over two walks, right? And then you go to 8K and then 10K. And people need to understand that that's okay, but mm-hmm. that that consistency like layers in. And you can use that perfect, that example too, just like you said of those five habits. I love that because it just is like, it's, it's a simple like checklist. Say, hey, here's what we need to do. And this will get you what you want. And you're going to be able to get to the next thing faster, but we we have to take care of this first. And that's always a difficult mm-hmm. conversation to have with people is to be like, oh, like, I hear you, come on, but also slow down. And I think it's important for people to understand it too is, um, you know, uh, it, it's funny because we're like, what, two and a half weeks in, and this is like getting around that time where people are like, all right, New Year's resolutions are being forgotten. Uh, you know, so whatever, whatever, you know, fuel you put on the fire to get 10,000 steps a day, or most people it's like go to work out five times a week or do a certain diet or whatever that is. This is perfect for you. Do your five, do your five daily habits and uh, make sure that that's a part of your life before you start doing these other things. And because I know what's next is this happens again before spring. And now with like the potential of I don't know when it's going to be over with quarantine possibly being over when this weather gets warmer as people are going to want to get outside. They're going to want to look good when they go outside and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to know that no one really cares if your resolution goes out the window in terms of this time. But if you give up those, any of those five daily habits, that's work you're going to have to build back into your schedule when you want to look good three months from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I would say is like create the habit now, you know, like, create the habit now and, and no matter what, where, what stage of life you're in or what happens, if you stick to those things, no matter what, like it just becomes who you are. So no matter like if it's in quarantine or you're traveling or you're on vacation or you're going through a really tough patch with like family members, you lose somebody you really love or something like, you know that you're going to fall back on these five things because they are just who you are. It's just what you do. And you start to develop this, you know that if I don't do those things, it doesn't make me feel good. And it makes me a worse coach. It makes me a worse husband. It makes me a worse dad. It makes me a worse employee because I'm not doing what's important to me. And I think it's, it's, it comes down to like, you're on vacation and, and you, a lot of people like go on vacation and they come back and they're like just garbage when they get back from vacation. 
And I'm like, well, did you move your body? Well, not really. Like I, I ate like a glutton. I like drank so much alcohol. And I'm like, you know, isn't the point of going on vacation to come back feeling recharged and rejuvenated and ready to like go back to work with a new outlook or whatever, or going back to exercise, feeling good and better. Like not saying that you need to go on your vacation and like still hit the CrossFit gym, you know, like you were home and doing all that stuff. No, like that's not the point, but it's staying active and still sticking to like, are you eating your like meals? Like, yeah, have fun, like have the drinks or whatever. Like, I'm not saying that like you can't have fun, but you gotta, uh, you know, you gotta make sure that you're just doing those five daily habits and you're going to come back feeling so much more because it's just who you are and it helps you get through the tough times. Like, you know, to throw out COVID and there's a lot of people that like, obviously you get three months locked in your house and a lot of people, it led to some weight gain because they, you know, didn't have these daily habits. They were so used to like, they got their movement in by going to the gym and now they no longer go to the gym. And so since they didn't have those habits of, I get my 10,000 steps, I eat my three meals, I eat a big salad, I get my water, blah, 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 blah. They don't have those habits. They're not ingrained in them. Now, next thing you know, they're not getting any of those things in because it's, it's not, they haven't set those, they haven't set those parameters for themselves. You know, and I, I really like Ben Bergeron's, um, you know, he's a, you know, obviously a lot of people listening to this may know who Ben Bergeron is, but um, Ben Bergeron is a, you know, a, a CrossFit coach. Um, he's really well known in, in you know, the CrossFit community as being one of the, the high level coaches in the community, very successful CrossFit gym owner, entrepreneur, and um, his podcast. And one of the things he really likes to talk about when it comes to um, setting daily habits or, or, or coming around obstacles in your day is this little practice or this little sentence that you can use. And it's called, I'm the type of person that, and um, it, it's one of those things that you can start to, a lot of people have, we have, we, we all have obstacles that pop up in our day every single week. Um, and we can start to plan for some of those. And yes, we do have obstacles that pop up that we didn't see coming. They came out of left field and you just gotta, you know, you just gotta adjust on the fly with those. But there are, are, there are obstacles that pop up in people's weeks that you could pretty much guarantee that are going to happen. You know, a meeting is going to get pulled. You're going to have a pop-up meeting in your work schedule. Uh, the kids are going to have to uh, have practice that's going to be a little bit later than normal. Or, you know, there's going to be specific things that are going to happen. And you start to plan for those. And how you do that is you take that sentence, I'm the type of person that when I have a work meeting that goes over my lunch break workout, I still get my workout in after work. So now when that lunch meeting pops up, you're like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in and after work. Like you've already set those parameters. You already set that, 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 you know, those parameters for yourself. You know who you are. You know, I'm the type of person that, you know, when I travel, I wake up 30 minutes before everybody else and I get my 15, 20 minute body weight workout in before we start the day. And those little things, you start to set those parameters for yourself. And now it's really simple. When those obstacles pop up, you already know what you're going to do. I love that so much. That's something I've, I've definitely used with a lot of my clients too, is just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm the type of person that, because it it's, it's true. And really the times when you feel all, all it takes is really one of those times for you to have to say that again to yourself to really develop that self-belief. And yes, it, mm-hmm. of course it does happen you know, more than once, but say like using that example, like, uh, my work meeting goes past my, my, uh, midday workout. All it takes is that one time for you to go to the workout after that, that work day and say, wow, shit, I did it. You know, like mm-hmm. I can totally do this. All it takes is that one time. And then as you go with it, then you learn with the consistency when there's inconsistencies that it's really not that big of a deal because you've been building this, this machine for you know, however long, but it does mm-hmm. take that. It does take that you know, interference. It does take those obstacles in your day to really learn that you can do it in spite of any of those those things and i think mm-hmm. one of the important things too is for people to take away is at least like i'm the type of person who does this at least because i know that uh, especially specifically working with some of my clients would be like well my workout's not going to be the same i'm not going to go to the gym or i don't have a barbell or i don't whatever they don't have but it's like okay i'm at least going to do 100 air squats uh, or i'm at least going to do this so I think that that's really creating that very clear and crisp vision of action can help create confidence. That's something I usually mm-hmm. say a lot is clarity creates mm-hmm. confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And something's always better than nothing. Like, I love that phrase, right? Like, like everyone thinks like, oh, like I'm not going to be at my gym. I'm not going to have my barbell, my fancy barbell that's like, you know, $1,000 that spins flawlessly and my awesome bumper plates and my wrist wraps and my Ollie shoes because I'm on vacation doesn't mean, I, that means I'm not going to get a great workout. So why am I going to work out if I'm not going to get a good one? 
and then they just don't work out. And I'm like, no, something's better than nothing. Like just get your heart rate up and do some pushups, air squats, burpees, do like set the clock for 15 minutes, do 10 reps of each one and then call it a day. Like something is better than nothing. I always tell people like your worst workout, the one that you feel like crap in, the one that you feel like you just underperformed or the one that you like where you were programmed to do five rounds of it, you quit after three and that workout was still better than the one that you didn't do. I, you know, I have like, a, you know, it's just, you've got to just do something like, you know, and then live to see the next day. And maybe that next day is better, but do something. I, yeah. I have a personal story on that too, because that's literally probably the last like three minutes of things you described in terms of like shitty workouts is exactly what happened to me. I was on my honeymoon. It was during the CrossFit open in 2019. And it was like the power snatches and burpees open workout. If anyone's familiar, I don't remember which one it was. And it was like, it's like 10 snatches and burpees. And so I was on my honeymoon. I had a, a bar that didn't spin. I was using like small plates. And of course I was like drinking on my honeymoon. So I like did this yeah. workout the next day and I got through, you know, four rounds or whatever it was. I got through like 10 minutes and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. But it was that realization too, that I was like, okay, one, I'm on my honeymoon. That absolutely doesn't need to be, that's not a priority. So like mm -hmm. walk away stronger with that thought, but also two was, okay, I can still move and it doesn't have to be this like kick my ass laying on the floor workout. And so, you know, for the rest of the rest of the time of my honeymoon, it was like, okay, just get 10,000 steps, go walk around the hotel and, you know, mm -hmm. drink your water and still enjoy the time. But uh, mm -hmm. it's just funny because you almost get spoiled, you know, and now, and now quarantine, quarantine hits. It's really, it is that realization of, you know, maximizing resources, which is, you know, for one time, but two, just your experience, you know, you know how to do air squats. Cool. Do that. You know how to walk around the block. Cool. That might be what you have to do for a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's only a moment in time. I think everyone freaks out because COVID hits and they, they, so hyper-focused on these like three months that they're locked in and everyone just loses their mind. Like I'm going to lose everything I've ever gained and I'm going to gain 50 pounds and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's just a moment in time. So yes, in three, these next three months, are you not going to be as fit as you were in January before all these lockdowns happened? Of course. But guess what? In the grand scheme of life, does it really matter? No. So why are you like stressing out about something that really doesn't matter? Right. And if, if it's that important to you, then just make sure that you do something because something is going to make sure that when you do go back to the gym, that it's easier to get back to where you were instead of having the mindset where like, oh, I can't do anything, whatever, screw it. I'm just going to eat bonbons and Ben and Jerry's and because I can't have my nice barbell and my lifting platform. And then they do nothing and then they come back to the gym and now they really have declined. They've put on weight, they lost strength. If now if they would have just focused on just the simple things of just squats and push-ups and burpees, like, yeah, they probably would have lost some strength and some conditioning, but guess what? You're going to be so much better off for it going back into it. And in the grand scheme of life, you're like in six months or a year, are you going to think back to those three months, you know? And that's like another one of those things, like, why don't stress out about something that in like two weeks, you're just going to forget about? Like, why are you spending all the time like stressing about something like an email that a coworker sent you that just fired you up, but now you're going to let it eat at you all week when in like three weeks, you're not even going to think about that email, you know, and really kind of take that outside perspective of like, it's just a moment in time. And um, I just really need to make sure that like, I could just control my controllables and um, do what I can and just live to see another day. And in six months, I'll be back to where I was. Yeah, I want to come back to the daily anchor because what you just said, when you have that daily anchor, that's something that really allows you to release or detach. And that's, that's the type of language that I like to use with people too, is like, we're so connected all the time with, mm -hmm. with work or just being on your phone or social media or whatever it is. And like, I'm not immune to it either just because I, I care about this stuff and coach other people on how to manage this as well, but it's hard, right? Like you're just always mm -hmm. connected. And so creating that detached time is that's the time when it's important to throw those anchors in there. So for anyone wondering, they heard you say that earlier, what is something that you find is common for people like maybe someone's struggling to find their daily daily anchor where do you suggest mm -hmm. that person starts mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, our daily anchor should be something that, um, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, because we are, we're health professionals, right? And that's what we do. And so everyone thinks that when I start talking daily anchors with people, that it has to be something health focused. Well, I'm going to eat, uh, I'm going to eat an apple. I'm going to eat some celery. I'm going to, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. It, it, I want you to pick a daily anchor. We run challenges in our gym that will we'll attach daily anchors to. And, and part of the challenge of the gym is your daily anchor has to be something that's not fitness related whatsoever. And um, for a lot of people, we all have passions and we all have hobbies outside of one, our jobs and two fitness. And so it shouldn't be that hard to find something that you enjoy that has nothing to do with that. And it, and the reason why you don't want it to have to do with work or exercise is that it's going to help, like you just said, take you away and disconnect you from sometimes the stuff that brings a lot of stress to you. And um, work is stressful just because it's work. No one wants to work, but we have to. And, and then uh, two, you know, exercise is stressful on a couple levels. One, it's stressful too because, you know, everyone's got a goal and they're trying to constantly chase that. And two, it's stressful because in general, in its sense, workout is a stressor on the body. That's how we get results. We stress ourselves. Our body doesn't differentiate work stress from exercise stress. Everyone thinks I'm going to pound myself in the ground three hours a day because, yeah, like that's going to lead to results and it's going to lead me being a better, better at work. And I'm like, well, no, you run, you run yourself into the ground. That, that's still stress. Your body, your body computes that, that stress of working out just like it would compute stress of like work. And so you're going to be burnt out. You're going to still be tired just because exercise, you know, at a, at a, a certain amount of day and stuff leads to great energy boost and, and so many great benefits. But at to a certain point, once you work out so much, it's not going to lead to those great results anymore. You're going to be run down. And that's where you hear about people who get addicted to fitness and they work out so much that it actually starts, they start seeing negative results. And, um, and so you want to make sure you find, um, you may, you want to find that disconnect. So I always recommend people like read a book. I mean, I think reading is one of those lost like arts and reading was definitely something that I didn't do a lot of until I met my wife who like loves reading. She'll read a whole, like read a book and it happened a weekend. And for her, her disconnect is reading and she finds uh, a ton of joy in just diving into a completely different world that that book is you're lost like I just started reading I read the first Harry Potter book before Christmas and it was unbelievable like I'd never read any of the Harry Potter books until that point but like reading that book completely sucks you into this different world where I wasn't thinking about work I wasn't thinking about exercise I wasn't thinking about the stressors of COVID and gym management during COVID and all that stuff I was just solely focused on like Harry Potter and these spells and this crazy like world of you know Harry Potter and, and so it's amazing which is like reading can what it can do to you and then you get done reading and you just like you feel you just feel better um one of my big go-tos is like just going you know this was it this one is a little bit fitness related but like going for a walk you know clarity walks there's a lot of different names for it right people talk it you know the 30 minute clarity walk their morning clarity walk whatever um whatever you want to call it it's just walking and and i always sometimes ask people like go on a walk but do it quietly like don't necessarily talk. Don't bring your phone and your AirPods and listen to a podcast. Like there are times for it and that's great. But sometimes it's just good to just be in nature and just listen to the birds chirp and feel the sun on you. It just can be completely disconnected. And um, we live in this world where like, I feel like because of social media, we always got to show everybody else what we're doing. So like they bring their phone because they want to take a picture to show that they're on a walk. And it's like, well, good for you. Like you're on a walk. Awesome, man. Like leave your phone at home and just enjoy the walk and not don't feel like you have to show the world that you went for a walk and try to make someone feel bad because they're still sitting on their couch, you know, watching football and you're out on a walk. You know, it's like, there's this like yin and yang, like social media is great. You can learn so much more, but like social media can be such a detriment when you start comparing yourself to other people and you start seeing like this person, it's 10 o'clock at night and that person just did a 10 K row. And you're like, I haven't done anything all day. And now you feel guilty and like, like you should go do something and it's 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, so it's like, you go on that, you know, find a book, play an instrument that you haven't played since high school, you know, find something that brings you joy, maybe a board game with your family, where you take your phones and you put them in a cookie jar in the kitchen, no one could touch their phones. And it's you and your family solely focusing on conversation with each other and having fun, you know, call a friend and have a conversation with somebody you haven't connected with in two years, you know, just give them a call, you know, find something that's going to bring you joy and, and add value into your life. That's not going to stress you out whatsoever. Yeah, I love that. I love that because in all of those examples too, you have one, I love the walking example. It's something I'm always telling my clients and always, you know, promoting. And for me, it, it is, it is a challenge too, just to even like touch on that topic. Like you said, is like, 
you know, me walking and taking a picture and telling me I'm walking is different than, you know, like that, that's, that's to try and provide value. But even that sometimes I just kind of put it away, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so you, like you, the listener, you also need to understand that you don't have to publish this. This is, this is part of your life that doesn't have to be published, but I love the examples that you gave because uh, a lot of people that we work with have families or, you know, maybe they're living with a roommate or, you know, they're, they're, wife or husband or whatever it is and they need something to do together and this like yeah especially right now where you're really really restricted having a 30 minute walk to go like me and my wife when we go on our walks man that's our connected time it's it's crazy how much how much more effective that is when we just leave our phones go for our walk and do our thing and you know, the same thing goes for, you know, if you're doing a puzzle or a board game, like you said, too, or you start bringing your family along on the walks. If you're if you have kids, you know, that sort of thing. It's like that is where you start seeing and feeling momentum. It's like those those things that you've been working on, they start to feel a lot more real. There's almost like a sense of hope or just like positivity of what you're doing. Reassurance. It's just nice. And that's why, like you said, reflection walks or clarity walks that that's why they're you know branded that way from certain things but they truly do work they help Mm -hmm. they do for sure it's walking is unbelievable there's so many times where i have been like stressed to the max in in you know being a gym owner and then having covid happen and talk about stressful right like you don't know are you going to fail are you you are members going to leave the gym like i mean it was a crazy time for everybody in the world this you know like a pandemic like this is like one thing that everybody in the world experienced at the exact same time but everybody's experience was completely different where we all are experiencing covid we're all experiencing these restrictions but everybody's experience was was different and um due to maybe they lost their job maybe they didn't maybe they lost somebody due to the disease maybe they didn't maybe they got the disease and had a they were asymptomatic and maybe somebody else got it and got really sick like everybody's experience was so different and um i think it's just yeah it's just it's so important to where there's there's all all those times where i was super stressed out and anxious and then just getting outside and breathing fresh air and just like walk is doing a nice little walk and you come back and you feel so much better and you just kind of like cleared your mind. And now like at that walk just allowed you to refocus on what's actually important. Let me put back that bad conversation I had or those fears or that email or whatever. Let's just push that aside and it allows you to just kind of refocus on what's actually really important. And it allows you to kind of, um, sometimes a walk is like, you know, like sometimes me and my wife will ask each other, like, hey, what was your, what was your most favorite part of today? Like, what was the best part of your day today? And there's a lot of days where I'm like, it was our walk at lunch. Like that was my, by far my favorite part of our day today was getting out for that 45 minute walk at lunch. That was, that was my best part of my day. And it's amazing how like for a lot of people in, for a lot of people listening to this, they might be like, that's crazy. Like a walk being the best part of your day. Like that's insane, but try it. And there's going to be days where you're like, man, yeah, that walk was definitely the best part of my day. Yeah, it's it's insane because then you know people are gonna think we're we're sitting here and we're just preaching good walks because honestly I would I would journal especially last year about a year well obviously like you know when we started going into quarantine last year was I I journal most mornings right and I will usually start out with a gratitude piece and literally probably seventy five percent to ninety percent we're all I, we call them family walks right my wife my dog and I. And it's just like, it's unreal just what it, what it can bring to you. So that said, if you're sitting there doubting it, just start doing it because there's so much to it. And Tom, you hit like a bunch of those different benefits of not just exercise, but like feeling the sun on your skin, even if it's cold outside, right. Or the connectedness time with your family or your husband or your wife, uh, those sorts of things, but also like on top of it, there's actually like physiological benefits in terms of like better digestion. If you go for a 10 minute oh, walk so after much. meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you start really doing the research and diving into it. Like what is actually happening at the cellular level in your body when you walk, you know, and that's diving into a little bit of exercise science with like being aerobic and anaerobic and, you know, how walking is one of those things where like you're at a certain heart rate and steady state, which is really good for fat burning and things like that. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of science that we're like, I'm not just saying walk because it's, I think it's like 
it's just something that everyone should do. It's like, there's a lot of benefits to it, especially for those that are looking to just like for fitness and weight loss. There, there's so much to walking um, and the benefits that are going to come because there are a lot of clients that once I bring attention to it to them and the attention of 10,000 steps and they buy a Fitbit or they have an Apple watch and they've never actually like looked at the steps on their Apple watch or whatever. And then they start pulling that stuff up and they're like, and I had a client the other day come in like, yeah, but he was like, and it's cool because I found this is a win. It's very simple, but it was a win because he said, yeah, Tom, the other day I, I woke up and um, I, I didn't have a workout at the gym and I had breakfast and got the kids going and got them going on their computers for virtual school. And then I went to my office and started doing some of my office work. And before I knew it, it was like 3.30 in the afternoon. And I had this like thought in my head, like, oh my God, how many steps have I gotten today? He's like, you know, I looked at my Fitbit and I was at 1,266 steps. And I had this like jaw drop moment, like, holy cow, like I got some work to do. And so he's like, I stopped work. I got up and he lives on a farm. And he's like, I just started like doing little errands around the farm. Like as simple as like going to the mailbox instead of grabbing all your mail at the same time, grab one piece of mail, carry it in, walk back to your mailbox, grab the next piece of mail, carry it in. Like little things like that, that can get you more steps. And he's like, and then now he's added in 30 minutes of walking on his treadmill at night before he goes to bed. Like not directly because he's not gonna be able to like he's gonna want he's gonna sweat and he's not gonna like no one can fall asleep directly after you exert yourself like an exercise I know I can't there's like a certain point in my day where like if I exercise after like 7 p.m. I'm not sleeping by until like 11 right like I just get all wound up and fired up um, but like it's amazing like I'm like Todd I'm, like I like, told my client like that's a huge win right there just the fact that you're now more in tune with movement in your steps is a win. And, um, you know, I, and that's like another topic, but in a way where like wins are sometimes people don't give themselves enough credit and everyone thinks that the win is them achieving their 50 pounds of weight loss, them, you know, doing X, Y, or Z. And really that win that they're, they think is the win that 50 pound weight loss is a huge audacious goal. And it's going to take time. And we live in a world where everything is so quick. Now you get a text message, email, and everyone thinks that. 50 pound weight loss. That's why new year, new year resolutions usually fail is that people give it two and a half weeks. They don't see the result. And they're like, Oh, screw that. Or their body starts compositionally changing and they step on the scale and they're two pounds up. And they're like, what the heck? I started working out this year for new year's. I've worked out for two and a half weeks. I'm actually up two pounds. And they see that as like, Oh, like when I wasn't working out, I was less weight. And I'm like, Oh no, like that's not it. Like the scale, like, you know, that's a whole nother topic, but like it, they, they think that I, they solely focus on the number as being their win or their result in which they're, they're stacking themselves against when there's so much more around that number than just what that scale tells you. But, you know, it's, it's making sure that give yourself credit for what you're achieving. And a win doesn't have to be crazy big. A win could be something super, super small, as in like daily wins, as in like, I, you know, I got, um, I woke up and, and, and did my 15 minutes of stretching or I said no to something that I would have said yes to like last week or something that, you know, it doesn't have to be small, you know, give yourself credit and ride the little wins and focus on stacking little wins on top of each other, not necessarily focusing on stacking huge wins on top of each other because those huge wins are going to come far and few in between the little wins happening happen every single day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I love that. It's funny because, uh, you know, kind of brings it back, like, as you say it, and I'm hearing like, you know, anyone who's obviously like, you know, your former military, I'm in it right now. And it's like, you you think back to like resilience training. And it's like, mm -hmm. so anyone who's not military, there's like, there's always these resilience trainings, and you talk about little victories. And people you'll get one side, you'll get a uniform side that some, some people will laugh at that and, and they'll say, Oh, that's ridiculous. And then there's people who follow it and the people who follow it, you just see go into everything they do with just this, this attitude that's so much more positive and regardless of where that, that end result is from that specific action that day, they know that creating that taking advantage of the opportunity to have a little victory in that day is more important than, having achieved a goal by tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just think that's like, I always think about that, right. As the little victories, I, I even had a, a little notebook that I titled the little victories and I always journaled or took notes in it or whatever, but that is literally like one of the things that's continually kept me 
in a better mind space. And that's why I have all my clients do it. That's why you have your clients do it. That's why we're talking about it right now. Everyone can take that away from it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So Tom, I love it. I think people can take away a lot from this, but at the beginning, really getting those, those habits down and start there and build that momentum. And from there to start adding a little bit additional to that. So before I want to respect your time, uh, I think you've provided immense value for people to take away from this and get after it now, like not even tomorrow. Like you said, your, your guy 1200 steps, go to the mailbox, <laughs> like go get your mail. That, that's fine. I think that you could do that right now. You could do that while you're listening to this episode, but I have a question for you before we leave. I always like to ask, ask my guests a question. So for you, I have two questions. One, what's the next book? That's nonfiction or that is fiction. Cause you just finished Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So what's the yeah, next so one? Right now. Um, I actually just finished another series. It's a, uh, it's a Jack Carr series. Um, and it's, it's very military esque and, um, okay. it's, uh, it's fiction and it's just about this, uh, ex military ex Navy seal. Um, and the guy, the author of the book is actually, he's an ex Navy seal and he found his passion for writing during his deployments and things like that. Mm-hmm, and okay. so um, he creates this alias or this person um, in his books and uh, his name's James Reese. And um, he is a ex Navy SEAL where he has some uh, very um, interesting things happen to him via the United States government. And um, he has to um, uh, live his life and he has to do specific things to kind of, uh, you know, live up to not like he has, you know, he has a, the military was doing experimentation with PTSD medication that went haywire. His SEAL team was administered this drug as a test. They didn't know they were administered this drug as a test. They all developed brain tumors. Um, they didn't know this. Um, they went on a mission. The whole mission was compromised and the whole team got wiped out. Um, and he was the only one to survive it. And he really started to realize that he has this brain tumor. And it started, turned out that the government was behind all this. And they wanted this drug to be so successful, one, to make a ton of people money. And um, there were a lot of like government people involved in this. And so in order to cover up that this drug was giving people tumors, they decided to wipe out the whole SEAL team, develop a mission that they had to go on. It was completely compromised from the start. And they all were killed besides James Reese. James Reese. And James Reese now got his family killed. All his He was the commander of the SEAL team. And so now he has to avenge his family, his SEAL team, and get to the bottom of this. And so the book was just like, and yeah, so um, I could, I could uh, send you a message and uh, give you a recommendation if you're looking at something like it's just super intense, super awesome. Um, And then I've also started another series, I just finished the book number one, I think there's 16 books, and it's called the Gray Man series which is very similar to what I just explained. It's another kind of like CIA operative type guy who goes around and does these missions for people and things like that. So those are my fiction. It's obviously a lot of what I read is either like self-help and development and business focus, but then I also like to have the fiction book, which tends to be very military-esque. It makes sense with the military background. Um, And so that's been uh, my kind of fiction that I've been reading lately. Yeah, yeah. And that that first off, that's wild, but also... I want to I want to bring it back to you because you're working on uh, on a project right now that's mm-hmm. that is more military focus and you've mm-hmm. you you've had a lot of you had a long military career and now you're kind of turning that into a way something that you can kind of give back right the mm-hmm. awaken warrior method so I just want to give you mm-hmm. to the opportunity to to share with people what that is and you know how how you're helping people in that way yeah, yeah, no, so since um, kind of COVID started and me, uh, myself owning a brick and mortar, my wife and I owning a brick and mortar gym, you know, obviously um, we were challenged uh, in, in a way that we've never been challenged before when it comes to gym ownership. And it really kind of opened your eyes to um, if you can't train people indoors, how do you train people? And it's virtually or online, right? And so um, I've always been intrigued in opening or starting an online uh, personal training business that allows you to uh, reach other people, other demographics of people that can't necessarily come to your brick and mortar because they don't live in your state. And um, so I wanted to be able to find a way to reach other people, but also um, stick to something that I was very passionate in, which was military. And um, one of the big things, if you ask anybody that was ever in the military and then gets out of the military, what's the number one thing you missed about the military? It's always the guys. 
the people, right? The people you served with. It's never, it's never the the two week long trainings where you sleep in the woods and you know, like you're eating MREs for two weeks. They don't really miss that. They miss hanging out with the guys or in their or the people they served with. And so, um, I wanted to create an online, and I saw that a lot of people that I had that I had served with. Um, that had gotten out of the military had kind of fallen into bad habits when it comes to fitness and nutrition, you know, and it's just like anybody, not everybody that's in the military is super passionate about fitness or working out, but they have to maintain a certain level of fitness in order to do their job at a certain level or to do a job or they have standards that they must meet in the military, a PT test, height and weight, things like that. And so, so for some people that was their sole focus was I stay in shape due to the fact that I have to not get flagged in the military so they can get promoted and go to schools and they have to maintain their PT test. And, uh, but once they get out, they lose that leadership, they lose that accountability. And now it's really easy for them to fall into bad habits. And so I had seen people that I served with that had fallen into those routines. And after the getting out, they gained 10, 15, 20 pounds because they didn't have those daily habits. The military was kind of what solely kept them in shape. And um, I was like, you know what, I want to take my expertise in working with people and be able to reach out to these people that have gotten out prior service, people that are struggling with PTSD exercise has been proven to, you know, help people like shocking, right? Exercise helps with everything. So um, I wanted to be able to reach out to people and find my military connection because my number one thing that I miss since getting out is being with the guys and being with, you know, amongst the people that I served with. So um, a no better way of connecting and feeling like a part of that again, that is, is then to develop those relationships with people that are currently out that I share common bonds with, even though we may have not served together, but we both served and understand the rigors of what that has done to somebody or way the, the way that somebody may be wired and may how they may have to be coached successfully. Um, and so, um, yeah, it just led me to starting the Awaken Warrior Method and it's been a, um, um, it's been a fun, a fun journey to, you know, try to reach out and connect with these um, ex-military or former military and even police officers and fire to fires, firefighters, like another service industry that are very similar to the military bond. And yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm really excited to get this going and really starting to grow this and really start, start to help, um, you know, people that um, were ex-service. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun journey in, in learning. That's awesome, man. I think that people will, well, one, I'm, I'm, I'm positive the people that are doing it now that are loving it, but also because there's a, such a skewed view of what physical training is supposed to be like when you, when you start out in the uniform service that like people have, you know, it's like, it's like if you're, if you're not in the military, you're not firefighter or LEO, you might equate it to like a gym class where you hated the, the training in it. Some of these people, they retire and they're like, well, I, I don't want to exercise because I always hated it. That's because it's always mm -hmm. been punishment or some some yes, stupid yeah. shit that's, you know, two, three hours long or <laughs> misery. Like, yeah, there's so much more to it than that in in that there's so much less than you that than that than just killing yourself for two to three hours or as punishment or whatever it is that you knew previously. Yeah, there's there's so much there. It, there's just more to it than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it's a big, biggest punishment. And that's why I think a lot of people don't start their, their fitness journey um, is because they look at exercise as punishment. They look at it as, as something that like, why would I do that? Why would I make myself feel that way? And I always tell people, you don't have to enjoy exercise. You don't have to love it. It doesn't have to be a passion of yours. You don't have to try competing in it. You don't have to um, preach it to your family members or anything like that, but it needs to be a part of your life and it needs to be a part of everybody's life to a certain extent. And um, so you don't have to love it. You, you just need to do it <laughs> it's down to, you know, and um, it just, you know, a lot of people struggle with the old motivation, right? The secret fancy word that gets thrown out there, motivation. Uh, I, I'm just waiting on the motivation, you know, like one of these days, Tom, I'll get going, you know, it's just that motivation. And I always tell people like motivation is, is, is fleeting. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as motivation. If you're waiting for it, it's never going to come. And um, there's a guy that I follow on social media. His name's Syed Fitness. Um, I don't know if you follow him. Mm -hmm. He's a coach that's got a pretty decent following on social media. And I, I connect with him really well. He's just a really funny dude. And um, everything he preaches is very simplistic. Um, it's very, like, straight to the point. And um, one of his, um, you know, one of his big things is uh, around motivation is a lot of people look at motivation as um, I find motivation. So it's kind of like an acronym. Um, it's, uh, you know, M A and R motivation, action, results. Mm -hmm. So everyone thinks that I'm going to get motivated, which is going to make me take action, which then will lead to results, which then I will give me back to more motivation. And they think it's going to work like that. 
And so if you're solely waiting on the motivation, it's never going to come. So then you're never going to take action, which is never going to lead to a result, which is never going to lead to more motivation. And I love the way that he talks about it as think about it, remove those letters around and shift it from M-A-R to A-R-M. Action you got to do something. And that's why I always tell people, you got to start off easy because if it's, not, if it's hard, if the first thing you ever do going into your fitness journey is starting off with a 10K run out the gate, that's not easy. So you're not going to do it consistently. So that's why he says, you got to take action first. So start off with something. And that, if that's just 10,000 steps in a day, start there because I guarantee you, you do 10,000 steps in a day, that action is going to lead to a result, which could be very small. It's stacking a win. So that result after that 10K step could solely be the fact that you did it. So there's your result. I did it. And now that you did it, now you're a little bit motivated. There's that M word. The motivation comes now because you did, you got the result. You're happy that you did it. Now that motivation is probably going to motivate you to maybe do the 10,000 steps again the next day. So it starts, I love when he said that because it's like, it's got to start with action. If you do nothing and you wait for motivation, it's never going to come. So start with something, make it easy because if it's easy, you're going to do it. And if you're going to do it, you're going to get a result. And if you get a result, it's going to lead to more motivation, which is going to allow you to continually do it. And then once you stack those habits and you get that wheel spinning, once something's in motion, it stays in motion. And now you're like, oh my God, it's that simple. And it's like, it is fitness and health doesn't have to be hard it's very very simple and i think where everyone thinks it is hard and they try to like i said in the beginning is they try to jump to a high school or sixth grade level when they need to start at the kindergarten level yeah yeah absolutely i mean keeping it simple is the best way to do it but i love that starting with action too is it's just i always call motivation cheat fuel so it's gonna work it's it's gonna work great for the next you know 10 miles and then and then what you know, and that's in a car. So you got to put that in. So the next 10 minutes, right. It's, it's not going to work. It's not something that you can, you can sustain on. So I love that man. Um, my other question. So I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. I think that's a great place to leave off for people, tons and tons of value in this, but also I want to leave you the other question that I have for you. And I would love to know is, one piece of equipment. If you have one piece of fitness equipment, you're mm-hmm. stuck at home, may or whatever. What's your one piece of fit- fitness equipment? So, first, I'm going to say your body. You got to start there. It doesn't have to start fancy. You know, everyone thinks the journey has to start with having a rower or a dumbbell or a barbell. No, start simple. The best piece of workout equipment you have is your body. Boom. You know, start using that first before you start investing in a bunch of stuff that if you can't use your body first is going to start collecting dust. And now you're going to end up selling it on Facebook marketplace because you never use it. Right? <laughs> Develop yeah. the habit of exercise first using your body before you start worrying about the investment in the equipment. Prove that, prove to yourself that you can actually develop the habit of actually working out before you start investing. Because I guess what? That fancy equipment, I know a lot of people that have baller ass home gyms that never touch it, <laughs> that have a $5,000 treadmill that has turned into a glorified closet, right? That it just has their, has their boxes, has their Christmas tree laying on it, right? And they got this shiny barbell, Alico barbell, because someone told them they need to buy an Alico and they don't even use it for what it's used for. It's like the equipment isn't going to lead to motivation. It's not going to lead to you do it. It's going to be the fancy thing that you might use three times. And then once you use it enough to justify the price, you just throw it aside. So one piece of equipment. And now on top of that, if now we're getting past that coach Tom, we're moving past coach Tom, let's go into your one piece of equipment. I would say a set of dumbbells. It's one for a lot of people. If you're going to be starting something at home and you want to just start moving a set of dumbbells, is going to be cheap on the cheaper end of equipment. And two, it's the footprint is very small. So you don't need a ton of space. You don't need a ton of dedicated area. And it's going to, uh, what you can do with a, you could do everything with a dumbbell that you can do with a kettlebell or a barbell. And I like it too, that you're, whatever you're doing with it, especially if it's upper body, um, it's going to lead to uniformity between the limbs um, because they weigh the same compared to like a barbell or things like that. A barbell seven foot long, who's got space for that, right? And so I think just starting cheap and starting simple and getting a set of dumbbells, I think you're, you're going to be ready to rock. I don't know if you ever left coach Tom out of that. Cause, uh, I was like, I was just waiting for like, you know, dumbbells. Cause I got to have bicep curls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it though. Uh, 
it's it's truthful it's honest and then true yeah coach tom style is congruent with everything that you said too in this yeah. episode so i love that man well um i want to give you an opportunity to man anything you want to plug websites uh instagram anything like that where people can um, find you yeah no i mean if everybody if anybody wants to follow me um they could like obviously you'll have my name on this podcast but um, yep. you could search my social media it's just tom slayton my first name last name um, and, you know, feel free if anybody ever wants to, to communicate, shoot me any questions that they have or would like to just like jam with me and just give me a phone call or whatever. I'm totally down with it. I love connecting with people and that are trying to get something started. And um, but also, you know, um, I always big my one of my big things is I always ask people my the, the name of my LLC. And we'll end with this is the name of my LLC is your next right thing. And don't focus on the big audacious goal. Focus on what's your next right thing. So if you just finish lunch, what's, what's your next right thing? And your next right thing might just be going for a walk. And when you start living your life just focusing on the micro and not the macro, you're going to now, like I said earlier, stacking the small wins on top of each other. Don't get overwhelmed with thinking about seven months or eight months in the future. Focus on just your next right thing. Awesome, man. Love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time on the show, man. And uh, I can't wait for people to take this on because literally this episode, they could be listening to it and doing the things we're talking about it as, as they're listening. So thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon on it. Yeah, no problem, Joe. Thanks for having me out here, man. I just want to say thank you for listening to the show. I truly appreciate it. If you have any training or nutrition questions you want answered, I personally invite you to message me at Joe Mike Paul on Instagram. And if you took something valuable away from today's episode, screenshot it, share it, and tag me so I can see. That's all for now. See you next time.